right. Welcome to the Take One Security Podcast. This is episode 24. Starting with the news. So Norse has laid off 20 people, which we think is a pretty big percentage of their total staff, although they haven't revealed how large their staff is. They are famous for producing that graphic that was made fun of with like pew pew sounds and uh, threat butt uh, copied it as well. So it's like the uh, the world map where you've got like things shooting from one side to the other representing attacks uh, with a source and destination. Pretty cool visualization and I, I think they got pretty uh, popular uh, largely because of that. Or at least it's what they're known for. But anyway, they seem to be having some issues. Um, not clear if it's threat intel in general or um, if it's just Norse, but uh, interesting anyway. OPM declines to release details on its big breach that happened. Evidently, there's uh, some reports that came out of the investigations, and they're not uh, not interested in releasing those to uh, the public, which is unfortunate. <clears throat> Obviously, some of it is probably sensitive and they shouldn't release, but they uh, I, I think they owe the public uh, an explanation. Juniper says it's going to remove the code that it thinks was developed by the NSA to eavesdrop on traffic. Um, I think that's good that they're going to remove it, but a little more interested in uh, what they're going to do to prevent that sort of thing in the future. I also wanted to do a project. Um, it'd be cool to track the code bases. Um, I, I don't think you can. Uh, HD Moore talked about a way you could have detected this with... Uh, with diff, but I'm not sure what part of the code base he was talking about because obviously it would have to be exposed. But um, to the extent that code bases can be tracked, I think it'd be cool to have a project where similar to like privacy statements, there's a couple sites that do that or terms of service. Um, you basically monitor terms of service for changes. And if any of the changes are serious, you know, you flag them and you could write about them or whatever. But it'd be nice to <clears throat> have some attribution for changes that occur to code, uh, especially when it includes, uh, you know, sensitive, uh, potentially sensitive things like obviously adding a back door. Um, CVE details, the website lists OS 10, iOS, Flash, Adobe Air, IE, Chrome and Firefox as the software with the most issues. And importantly, the top two were Apple. It's OS X and iOS. Um, I'm somewhat uh, of an Apple fanboy, so, uh, but, it, but I'm also only doing it sort of tongue in cheek. So uh, I, I think I'm pretty, pretty capable of being unbiased in a lot of ways around it. Um, perfectly happy to believe that most vulns were found in OS 10 or iOS, but uh, I am somewhat skeptical. Uh, one, one thing that I'm wondering about is, um, is this total number? Is this by severity? I didn't look into it, but it, it's worth noting that it's at the top of the list anyway. There's a reason it's at the top of the list. Um, so 
actual fanboys out there who think that OS 10 and iOS are impervious, you know, should take note that they definitely are not. Um, and you don't want to be included in any list with Flash and Adobe Air, uh, let alone Internet Explorer. So really interesting. I just wonder if there's a different sort of rating where here are the products with the worst vulnerabilities. Because um, if I think back to the year, this was for 2015, I don't remember a lot of major OS X vulnerabilities or iOS vulnerabilities. I do remember a few. I want to say a handful, like a dozen across both product lines. Um, and you compare that to Flash and Air. I mean, come on. There's just no comparison. And where's Java in that list, by the way? Just now noticed that. Like, Was it too large um, to even put on the list? I, I have no idea. It, it just comes down to how it's being counted and rated. GM is going to do a bug bounty. That's cool. Uh, not sure if it's going to be internal or uh, with a bug crowd or one of the other groups. Um, hopefully it's with bug crowd because I have friends over there. Um, the Hacker Manifesto turned 30 this week, uh, which is really cool. So um, when I went to EDC last year, I made up some shirts for uh, me and Haddix. And uh, it was the, uh, the Hacker Emblem. Uh, which is the Game of Life logo. And then uh, it said, my only crime is that of curiosity. And uh, that's from the manifesto. And I just saw a quick talk uh, recently where the guy, I believe his name is Lloyd, um, was actually reading the essay, which is really cool. It's short. It's all about curiosity and like uh, basically what that little clip says. My crime is that of curiosity and you shouldn't be prosecuting me for that. Um, and I think this, the whole concept is kind of fresh right now, given this whole uh, sort of prosecution of security researchers, um, labeling of security research tools as malware, that sort of thing. So it's uh, definitely topical. Probably will be for quite some time. Sophos Home Free for Windows and Mac users. So... Um, if, uh, even if you don't use antivirus, which a lot of security people don't, um, I'm sure you have loved ones who should be using antivirus um, because they do a lot of dumb things on a regular basis. They don't practice safe hacks. So uh, <clears throat> uh, one thing I recommend for Windows users uh, is the Windows Defender, which is just built into the, the later OSs. Um, and I think it's decent for what it does, um, which is mostly nothing, but it, it's halfway decent. Um, and it looks like there's just another option for Windows and Mac, Sophos, for free. So that's cool. I actually, actually have a close friend that's over at Sophos as well. So um, cool to see that they have a free offering. Um, San Francisco Yellow Cab filing for bankruptcy. That's not really a security um topic, but um, it falls under Uberization of the world. Um, it also makes me happy because I hate cabs. Um, anyway, they are filing for bankruptcy. I guess the overall theme is that I hope more cab companies go out of business 
um, or at least change their model to be more uh, aware of the fact that the customer is the customer um, and you're not allowed to be super rude as a dispatcher um, because you know the phone's going to ring. Like it's just that model infuriated me for years and I'm glad it's dying. Um, hackers shut down Ukraine power grid. This is uh, evidently due to a malicious word doc sent via email. So phishing. Um, we're all surprised that that still works. Um, not really. Uh, supposedly the sandworm team out of Russia um, did it. So we're also not surprised that Russia was attacking Ukraine. Um, bicycle attack on TLS. This is pretty cool. Um, basically, a paper came out saying that the encrypted content that's within a TLS stream can be discerned by watching the encrypted stream, by watching the TLS stream. And uh, I'm not sure how practical it is, but it is uh, very interesting. Hopefully, we'll see more about it. Uh, North Korea evidently detonated a hydrogen bomb, which is bound to raise their popularity worldwide. Um, I'm sure China is like pretty close to just saying, look, if you don't get your shit in line, we're going to handle you ourselves. Um, I'm sure they do not like having a crazy person with nukes parked, you know, on their southern eastern border. Um, Time Warner customers lose uh, email passwords. So like 320,000 email passwords. That's not good. Microsoft is killing off Internet Explorer 8, 9, and 10 on the 12th of January. That's huge. Um, and a great step. So basically IE 11 and the new browser Edge are going to be supported and everything else um, they didn't say IE6. I think IE6 might still be supported um, if you have the security features turned on. That's my understanding. <clears throat> um, VTech launching a new product after it got hacked and leaked data on 6 million kids. So evidently they're releasing a new product and they're like, yeah, this time it doesn't release the data on 6 million kids. I think that's the main pitch of the new product. Big Flash Player update uh, fixes an O-Day and 18 other issues. Um, yeah, Flash Flash has some security problems, evidently. So that's a new story. All right, so that's the news. <clears throat> Ideas, updates, and discussion. Um, I am back to Ubuntu. Um, if you saw my site down at all, probably didn't. But if you did, uh, one, I was being melted by the... Lino DDoS, that thing just murdered everyone for like a week and a half. And actually, the Linode website was still down like earlier today. So that thing's, uh, they're still getting melted. I don't know how they haven't stopped that already or how the people haven't got bored. But anyway, that, um, that was one issue with my site. Um, but then um, I've been on Ubuntu, an old version of Ubuntu, for like a year and a half or so. And uh, usually around Christmas break, I, I decide to redo my entire server uh, with a different OS. Um, sometimes I use the same one, but 
I almost did Gen 2 this year because I felt spunky. Um, I was like yesterday. But anyway, I, I reinstalled with uh, CentOS instead of Ubuntu because I, I wrote a post about like how I thought it was just so much better and all this stuff. So I installed it and configured it and everything. And it wouldn't, it was like broken. Like permissions were broken. I set the permissions correctly on on the PHP daemon, on Nginx, on uh, the files, of course, uh, ch you know, choned and um, change modded and everything. Like all, all that stuff was working or should have been working. Uh, but the cache didn't work. I couldn't upload images. Um, my RSS feeds like got completely borked. Some kind of Unicode issue with apostrophes. Like it, it was just a nightmare. And I had like 30 different small problems, like 20 of which I fixed. So I had like 10 extra things. And this was like a day and a half into it. And the site was back up and it was running, but my cache wasn't working. Like I'm serving content out of shared memory, which is RAM, which makes the site super fast. And uh, that's what I was doing on Ubuntu. Well, it wouldn't work in CentOS. So I was like, man, this is messed up. So I woke up this morning and I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Um, and I reinstalled the whole box again. Uh, getting pretty fast at it. I could do it at like 15, 20 minutes now. But um, went to uh, Ubuntu, uh, you know, 14.10 LTS. And uh, yeah, like 15, 20 minutes later, the whole thing is just working perfectly. Um, the cache is working, the RSS feeds fix themselves, like permissions, my scripts all worked for permissions. Oh, um, CentOS also had like this really dumb way of interacting with the firewall. Like it's not IP tables anymore. Like I have my own IP table scripts that granularly define what I, I accept and what I don't accept. And I had it all like built out. They don't want you to use that. They don't want you to use IP tables. They want you to use this dumb, dumb other thing like firewall D or something. It's just super dumb. So anyway, I'm off of CentOS. I, I feel like it's just not for running like LAMP or LAMP servers. Like it just doesn't seem dynamic or um, it's not for cool kids is what I'm trying to say. That's what I feel like. Um. Oh, other thing for ideas or discussion, this is actually really just an update, but I've been sick for like four weeks, five weeks almost, like just tiny, tiny bit sick. You can probably hear it in my voice. Like it just won't go away. And like for a few days last week, I got like really sick. And um, my girl's been sick for like five weeks as well. Like we're just laying in bed coughing and excreting things. It's uh, been unpleasant. I wonder if a bunch of people have had this. I saw on Facebook, a friend of mine's wife also has had it for like five weeks. They're calling it bronchitis. Who knows? Whatever. But um, if you've been sick for a long time, you should uh, hit me up on Twitter or something. We'll exchange medications. Um, five weeks. Um all right, next concept. Oh, this is cool concept. Um, I don't know how to pronounce this. It's it's a Japanese word. It's I-K-I-G-A-I. -I -I. Ikigai. Uh, 
whatever. I, I look for pronunciation of ikigai. Um, ikigai, ikigai, I, I don't know. Ikigai? Who knows? But anyway, it is an amazing concept. It's a Japanese concept that combines the following things. What you love <clears throat> combined with what the world needs combined with what you can be paid for combined with what you are good at. So imagine a Venn diagram where these are all laid on top of each other and in the center, there's an overlap of all four of these. And that is Ikigai. I think it's super cool. Like, I like, want to build a website or t-shirt or something around it like, or a book. Um, anyway. All right. So um, next one, giving books as gifts. I just wrote this blog post um, and I got the books laid out, a, f a few ideas for books that I might want to do. So let's see here. So the idea is um, I, I enjoy exposing people to new ideas. I also enjoy making them happy. And these are really good things for books, right? Books do these things really well. Um, lots of different types of books, lots of different types of people. I think it's just a really good mix. So I've got a few candidates. Um, one is called Things Explainer, which is a book by Randall Monroe, who, uh, who does XKCD. So sick. I, I just bought the hard copy. I have it sitting next to me. It's so amazing. So basically the entire book is visual um, with text also, but they're explanations of things like rocket ships and satellites, which are called space boats, um, relativity, like all, all these really, some, some are mundane and some are really advanced, but he explains them in the English language's most common 1000 words. So he's not allowed to say satellite because it's not in that list. So he says space boat instead. So you imagine giving this to a kid where they could see like the inside of a combustion engine or something broken down into basic components and then captions that are written in the most simplest sort of way. It's just fascinating. It's an amazing concept. Um, so that's one of the books I'm going to be giving people. Another one's called I Wonder, which is written by the wife of Sam, Sam Harris. It's, um, it's a kid's book, children's book about mystery, curiosity, and uncertainty. Uh, super cool. Um, another one is called Rework, which is one of my favorite books on productivity and avoiding doing dumb shit over and over at work. Uh, Spent, one of my favorite books probably of the last 10 years, a book about uh, marketing and human behavior, evolutionary psychology, stuff like that. Um, and then the other one is A Sense of Style, A Thinking Person's Guide to Writing in the 21st Century, which is a book by Steven Pinker, who wrote How the Mind Works and also uh, Better Angels of Our Nature, the newer, newer book on the decline of violence. Um, so he, he's a smart guy, but he wrote a book uh, on writing, which is kind of a criticism of some of the older um, books on writing. And it's super, super good. Um, you should definitely check it out. Um, so these are also kind of book recommendations, uh, which is kind of how I've been pitching it while I've described this. But these are also my candidates for books that I'm going to give to people. Uh, one idea is like, I have a lot of friends with kids. 
I don't have any kids, but I have friends with kids and I would love to give like these really good books, mostly like the um, Things Explainer and I Wonder to a young kid and like open their mind up and then, you know, maybe later they're like, oh yeah, you know, that really changed how I looked at things and it made me want to get into science or whatever. That would be super cool. Um, Because I remember reading books like that when I was young and uh, having it change me and then wanting to go and tell somebody that, you know, I appreciated getting that book. So, Um, all right. Tools, talks, and projects. So TowerSec has put out a, um, a product that protects ECUs and telematics on cars. And it's basically like an IPS with like analytics on the back end that you can install on your car. I don't think you do. I think it's for manufacturers. Or maybe, maybe you can as well. I'm not really clear on that. But um, really cool. Cool idea. App sensor project. This is something I I talk about regularly, but I I need to talk about it more. It's like my favorite thing ever, basically. Um, So detection points for the app sensor project. This is a list of types of behavior that you should detect inside of an application, right? So, you know, in in a network, you have things like, oh, failed login, whatever. Like you're brute forcing some some interface or whatever. But inside of um, applications, developers usually don't log anything. They don't log failed logins. They don't log privilege escalations that failed. They don't log um, forced browsing that fails from a lower level user trying to navigate just like slash admin or something. They don't log any of that crap. So the app sensor project is basically saying, here are the detection points. Here are the event types that you should be detecting. Um, and actually, one of the things I'm going to be working on for the OWASP project for IoT is building a list of these for IoT and for automotive. Right. So here are the things you should be detecting and should be logging and or preventing, but definitely, uh, definitely detecting. <coughs> All right. So next one is a paper. It's by Dan Gear who's a, a older guy, just super famous, uh, super smart, kind of a pioneer in the space. And um, basically really cool. He just wrote a new uh, paper, which I haven't finished reading yet, but it's called Where the Science is Taking Us in Cybersecurity. So that's pretty cool. Uh, there's a new project called uh, Hackazon. It's a uh, broken web app a modern broken web app because you've seen a lot of them that are just like super ancient and you test your scanner against it or you test um, a perspective uh, pen tester against it and it's just not representative of reality. So Rapid7 put out this thing called Hackazon, uh, which is basically e-commerce site, <clears throat> hence the name. And uh, pretty cool project um, if you want to check that out. Then there's DVNA, Dam Vulnerable Node Application, which is uh, similar, another broken web app. Um, Argon2 is a project. It's on GitHub. Um, it is a password hashing algorithm, and it recently won the uh, award for uh, password hashing algorithms. Um, it's called the Password Hashing Algorithm 
competition. Good name for it. Dratus. <clears throat> Dratus is a tool similar to one I talked about last week that um, allows you to report on, collect the vulnerabilities from multiple tools and report on them. And it recently crossed over into version three. Got some uh, cool slick updates. Uh, pretty cool stuff. Next tool is uh, Kippo. It's an SSH honeypot. Buddy of mine runs it. I haven't run it yet because uh, you have to do port forwarding because you don't want to run it as root. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, pretty cool. Um, probably going to set it up here <clears throat> in, a, in an hour or so, actually. Not on my main box, but on some random box out there. Another Linode, assuming I can get to the manager. Um, all right, announcements. Um, I'll be on an automotive security panel at RSA 2016. It's on Tuesday, March 1st. Uh, it's in the West Room. Got some other details here or whatever. But uh, basically an automotive security panel at RSA. And I'll be speaking at AppSec Cali on the 26th of January in Santa Monica. And finally, uh, miscellaneous, there is a must-watch podcast. It's actually a video podcast. Um, and I have the link in the show notes, so you could just ch uh, look at the website to get the link. But um, basically, it's this guy. It's so short. It's like a three- to five-minute thing. Um, but he's just standing there talking, and actually, sometimes it's not him. It's someone else. But he just describes, he's like, oh, yeah, here are the stats for, here's how Amazon's doing, here's how Android and Apple are doing, here's how Samsung is doing. Um, he talks about trends coming up. He talks about the most popular uh, mobile platforms and who's using what and what the trends are. He makes predictions for uh, the coming year. Like for 2016, he, he uh, makes a prediction that Amazon's going to go brick, right? And he's got this graphic. So... Such really, really sick graphics, like in this thing. The graphics are just amazing. Um, so he's talking, but right next to him, it's it's visually showing you what's happening. But it's not like this giant production because <clears throat> it's over in like three minutes, but you feel like you just got so much information in a really crisp way. Um, it's fascinating. And it's on YouTube, and it's a channel, and I actually had to figure out how to... Um, create an RSS feed from it. I did a blog post on that. But um, I created a blog uh, RSS feed pointing to the channel because Google doesn't uh, post those. But anyway, um, the name of the podcast or, or the show is not really good at all. Like there's almost no name. And when it starts out, it's different each time. It's kind of weird. But um, you can... Uh, well, let me just, I'll go look right now and I'll tell you the name. Um, so the channel is called L2 Inc. But, I mean, that just doesn't tell you much to go by. I'm sure you can Google that and you'll find it. But again, the link is in the show notes. I highly recommend it. It's the best sort of, imagine like Engadget TechCrunch uh, rolled into one. Uh, maybe with some Anderstein Horowitz type stuff thrown in there. 
trimmed down to five minutes with a quality multiplied by 10. That, that's exactly what this thing is. Absolute must-see. I think it's weekly that they do it. Um, but definitely recommend to check that out. And uh, that's it for episode 24. See you next time.